Okay. Oh, hi, puppy. Yeah, so welcome back. We're Women's Dance, and there are two of us dancing around tonight. Gee. Hey. <laughs> I'm Dr. Rourke. And it's me, the pleasure doula. Woohoo! Both doctors in our own right. Hell yes! <laughs> so, um, what's been going on, Sarah? Oh what's my goodness. So many things. Planning a trip to Idaho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's in Idaho? It's the Potatoes. weirdest thing. Um, in Pocatello, or Pocatella, whatever, Idaho is Kira Murillo. And if you've ever seen Kira Murillo Designs, she's an yep. amazing That's tattoo artist. That's where you're getting artist. a tattoo from? <gasps> I'm so now, I'm getting jelly. a chest piece from Kira Murillo. Stop. Like, boom. Yeah. That's weird. I was just going to get the top of my sleeve, and then I was like, you know... If I'm going to go big, I might as well go big and then go home. Like, I just, I can't do that. I have to be, I have ah, to do it up. I follow her on Instagram. Obsessed. Yeah, she's Obsessed. amazing. And she's the nicest, nicest. So I'm yeah, going... one of my buddies, um, Maggie, actually uh, showed me her work. And uh, she was getting a shoulder piece done that was inspired by Kara Marilla's um, artwork. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so pretty. Phenomenal. And I've been following her ever since. So that's wicked yeah, cool. I've been, I've been on her books for two years. And then last year I had surgery, uh, carpal tunnel surgery on yeah, my head. Yeah, her list is long, huh? And so she got she moved me and she messaged me in January. She says, all right, um, I can move you to February, February 16th at 1 o'clock. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. So I've been trying to figure out flights and all that. But How far is that? You have to fly? Um, yeah, we fly like from Syracuse to Texas to Idaho Falls, and then we'll drive an hour north. Wow. Yeah. Just for a tattoo. Yeah. That's wicked. You gotta do what you gotta do. So I found <laughs> this lady in, I think, I don't know if it's Maryland or Washington, D.C. Those are close, right? Yeah, they're closer. Yeah, they're right next to each other, but so closer to us. Yeah. There's somebody there that does tattoos with like glitter. Hmm. I want to look into that. That makes me nervous. Me too, but... Sticking things on the skin. Just get on <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> it's my body. I only got one. Might as well do some fucked up shit. <laughs> YOLO. I've seen, I've seen... She's going to come home sparkling everywhere. <laughs> Turn your light on over here. Turn it here. Turn it here. <laughs> Can you just spin around for me? <laughs> my flashlight every once in a while here she comes here's it's my a party. Wall. <laughs> okay. oh, frick. i never seen that before i was like what how is that even possible wild. tell me more tattoos are wicked cool mm-hmm. yeah i'll probably have full body at some point like, not my face but like like i have like over 37 38 and that's not like counting how many times you sit for tattoos mm-hmm Oh, really? Yeah, like you sit maybe twice. Like you go, like All I mine used are to. Small. Yeah, I used to go and I'd get a fill of one and an outline of another at the same time. So I always had one that I was working oh, on. Oh, wicked. Yeah. So, yeah, I have like almost a full back. I have full left sleeve. I have both of my thighs. I have the front of my thighs. I have both of my sides. Yeah. You're so tough. I got. I'm a big baby. No, I my ankle, my little sugar bowl, my Merlin. Anybody knows Merlin? From Sword in the Stone, I got a little sugar bowl. He's a little badass. He don't want to listen to Merlin and get in the bag. He's fighting all the other dishes. I really like him. So for my birthday, my my sister got 
him for me. And mm-hmm. that was like the most painful because it was right on the bone, right on my ankle. Oh, shit. And I don't have a lot. I mean, I have little ones on my ankles and like a band around one of my ankles, but I haven't gotten anything on my legs mm-hmm. down that way in a long mm-hmm. time. Like mm-hmm. tops of thighs aren't as hard as your ankle. Man. Holy So smokes. I do have one that's an outline. I have a tobacco plant on my thigh and I was supposed to get it colored in, but I, I quit. <laughs> What? You I got quit. the outline and I was like, hey, stop. I'm tapping out. <laughs> I'm a big baby, man. I do you not whip. like pain. I do not like pain whatsoever. Not mm. at all. I'm a shitty sub. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be quite the dumb. <laughs> Fuck you up. Oh, don't hit me. <laughs> yes, daddy, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, bring it on. Is that all you got? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, shit. What else is new? Um, I got a cat. I Did think you? I told you that before. Did you? Yeah, but he's a pain in my ass. I, I love him, but he's spraying all over my house, and it's like the worst thing. But I keep saying, it's a medical condition. I'm getting him fixed tomorrow. So, so that'll stop him from doing I it? hope so. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, there's 10% of cats that doesn't happen to, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've just been doing a lot of work and yoga and beading and mm-hmm. planning tattoos. <laughs> I uh I got a cat for my garage and we had uh we found mice. Mm. We found a mouse in my car and then Bub found a mouse in his truck. And then he's like, There's turds in my garage. Oh god. So I was like, Okay, I got a mouse for the garage and now I need a mouse for the outdoors. Because that mouse, mouse, that cat, I got a mouse for the garage. A mouser? I got a mouser okay, like, Wait, for the garage. Mice all over the place. <laughs> So, so she's working in the garage and she stays in the garage and then I need another one <clears throat> for the outside mm. that's going to like just keep them away from all the vehicles and whatever. But I can't, I have like wicked PTSD when it comes what? to mice in our house and stuff like that. So, <laughs> oh God, we had mice in our old house and it just grossed me right out. The house is good. We don't have no problems with the house, but um, <laughs> in my vehicles, oh my God. So. Funny story, a couple weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks back. Jeez. Why, why are you Just invading me? the <laughs> space. <laughs> I wasn't even talking to you. Put me on the podcast, Copper. damn it. How many times do I got to ask? Copper. <laughs> Come on, Copper. <laughs> Copper, please. please. Don't this is girl time. <laughs> Just don't lick the Why is this happening? Because <laughs> you were talking this about kitties. Copper. Yeah. Got jealous. <laughs> Don't touch my coffee. Anyway. So we were driving, yeah. me and my son were driving, coming to the States. So right after uh, customs on American side, Copper. on 37 where the lights are, we were sitting there waiting for the light to turn green. And then something like flew across my my um, hood. And I looked at my son and then we both looked at each other. We looked at front again and I was like, okay, there's no leaves on the tree. That was not a leaf that flew across my hood. Oh, what my the God. heck was that? And he's like. I don't know. Did a mouse just come out from underneath your hood? <laughs> I'm oh like, good, God. get out. <laughs> why you got cheese like laying around all over oh, my car? Like, why is that happening? I don't know. It's freaking driving me nuts, though. So I got a, I got oh, a cat too. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I got a worker you. cat. Anyways, so I have a dog in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came to visit. He's like, move over. Let's get some of this. I witnessed a snowmobile accident right Yikes. in Hogan. I was going to tell you about that. Yeah, I um, I was in Hogan, like cruising, and I went to go visit or pick up my niece last weekend because she was at the gym and they closed at one. Mm-hmm. So I was on my way there, and this 
freaking snowmobile, like a snow scoot, like shorter, faster snowmobile flies and cuts everybody off, like right by the bridge by like Bradley's and those dispense, like eagles, okay. like right there, hits the guardrail, like on the bridge in the corner, flips, he landed on his head. Oh my God. He had like sweatpants on. Terrifying. It's like, what do you do? And then he just got up and jumped on the thing and ran away. Like, what the heck? away. And I was like, is he like in shock? Like, what is going on? Right. But, um, I don't know. I didn't hear anything else. So I'm hoping the guy is okay. I kind of, I like when I went home then later and, and smudged, I said prayers for him because uh-huh. that looks brutal. He landed right on the back of his neck, like on upside down on his head. Oh, and that goodness. thing hit him, mm. you know, like it was, it was pretty traumatizing. <laughs> I was on the phone with my husband, like, why do I have to see things like this? Like, yeah, what no just kidding. Happened? How do you unsee that? Yeah, oh, it, my was, goodness. it was so traumatizing. People drive like assholes right now. I don't even know what's happening. But you can only just keep yourself safe. And like mm-hmm. my car just automatically breaks. So I was really, really lucky. But the people behind me, I put my hazards on and he almost hit me. And then the guy behind him had to go on the shoulder. <gasps> Whoa. So it was like, it was it that was like almost like four people got in an accident right in front of this snowmobile guy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. That it, and I never, I never expected any of this <clears throat> As a mom, that now that my older ones are driving, I can't, I can't even, like, think when I know they're on the road. Because <laughs> oh I'm like, I, I trust them. They're excellent drivers. But I'm like, I can't even imagine. Other people suck on the road. <laughs> yeah, they do. Just, just be careful. And I'm, like, constantly messaging them, like, just tell me when you get to where you're going. And tell me when you're leaving. Like, oh, mama, and- <laughs> bye. At first, they were annoyed with me because they'd be like, okay, Ma, stop. Like, you're getting sickening. But I I had to explain to them why <laughs> why I was so, like, crazy like that. And I'm like, I don't trust nobody. You're going to fall. So just tell me where you are and tell me when you're coming back. Just and... being an overprotective mama, <laughs> yeah. you know? They're what like, are you gonna do? now my oldest daughter's like, I don't even like driving, Mom. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, good. Stay home then. It's like on New Year's, I hold my breath, you know? <clears throat> no, like, yeah, no those kidding. those big holidays and whatever. I'm glad Long I weekends. Went, I'm glad I ended up going in Longhouse. Like, that mm-hmm. was super fun. We, um, I don't think we told... The dudes that we went to that we all met at the longhouse for the social. Like, it was fun though. I took Victoria and she was super nervous and I was super nervous because I knew that there was going to be lots of people there. I just started talking. You got to like be all up in my face. <laughs> Cover! You're killing me. I'm trying to talk here. But, like, when I walked in, it was, like, wall-to-wall people. And I was, like, oh, I remember why I go, like, get excited to go, but also why I get nervous to go. And so, like... I showed up and then the women were like, we'll clean off a spot for you. Come sit down. And they were all happy. And I was like, okay, we're here. And, and I did a real hard woman's dance. And I, I got to Damn, dance. that was a long woman's oh dance. Oh, my God. And then people were dying. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, lightweights. Let's go. <laughs> Just getting down. 50 like, versus Oh, my God. Dance. It was so Holy good. It was so, so good. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't feel my left thigh. Jeez, I'm girl. That was wicked cool though. That I hadn't so seen a uh, social that packed in forever. And even um Junge was saying that too. He was when he got up to speak, he was talking about how he was real small last time he seen us a New Year's social that packed. Yeah. When I was like a teenager, I remember it being like that. But I didn't care sitting like this on the bench. And this time I was like, Ugh. 
I need some room. Everybody had to get up so somebody could move, and it was a bit of a difficult <laughs> one. It was so hot in there. Yeah. And <clears throat> it wasn't even January weather. It was it was warm yeah, out. Yeah, it was real warm out. <clears throat> I think I went in a hoodie. Yeah, I went up, I went in a hoodie and a tank top with my skirt. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here we go. We're doing this. I changed about three or four times before I went. <laughs> and even Bob was like, I wouldn't wear that. It's going to be packed in there. <laughs> so then I ended up with just leggings and a t-shirt. And I was like, I'm so glad you talked me out of that nice big blouse and that big old skirt. And he's like, I told you. <laughs> it was insane packed. Yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. I had yeah. so much fun. But I had been cooking all day. Like, um, everybody brought me food to cook so I had like moose meat I had pork hocks I had really good white corn I had all sorts of stuff and I made this big huge pot of corn soup and then I was making uh cornbread and then I was making fry bread and I was just cooking up a storm all day I was like tomorrow I won't have to cook and I can just drop it off everywhere and it Mm -hmm. was just so good nice like the best soup I ever made and then my my bread was like insane so I think people were fighting over it they're like if you're not gonna eat that I'll take it and I was like (laughs) yeah I did it start the new year out right you know anyways it was a good time Mm -hmm. I was glad that I went and I got home early the fog was wild we were the last ones there somebody got stuck in the Somebody with a little tiny car thought they could, like, turn around in the mud, and their car just, oh, nose diving, and there was nobody left there, and I was like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. I got this big truck. <laughs> so, Super just hooked hero. it up and pulled him right out, but everybody was all muddy, because it was so warm out, and there was mud everywhere, and speaking of, when my kids are gone, they had both just left with their friends, like, just before the social ended. So as we're sitting in the driveway, don't I hear freaking sirens like mad crazy? And I'm messaging all of them. I'm like, where are you guys? Is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, sirens. <laughs> well, my mom does that on the family chat. It's storming. Is everyone okay? Yeah, are you yeah, all yeah. home all right? I heard sirens. Like, I wish she just had a scanner. So she knew what was going on. Like my ditto used to. I just want to hear from my kids. Just tell me you're okay. Yep. Okay. And then I'll leave you alone. I ne- I was never prepared for this. I did not. Even my husband's like, okay, you need to like chill. You need to breathe. They're fine. I'm like. You just hope you give them enough so that they can protect themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. You got to let them. But I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I can't do. I, I leave my little for a little bit and I'm just kind of nervous about it. But. It totally blindsided me. I really <laughs> didn't think I was going to be like this. But they're cool with it. They're not like. They're not like, Mom, you're smothering me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not getting after me and or anything. I think because I explained to them, like, I just worry when I don't see you. And I just worry when you're not in my care. And I mean, anything could happen when they're in my care, too. They can get slapped. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you could just not care at all. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so what else? How's work? Oh, work is really good. Why? I'm just talking. Get out of here. What? As soon as I start talking, he's like, yeah, hi. Copper, get down. Do you want to pause it? No, he's all right. He's funny. He's our entertainment. And Victoria is not here today. He's taking her seat. I have a seat right here. I'm coming on up. You ladies want to visit with me. No, um, no, work is really good. I had like a student gathering yesterday and we met like 10 med students that are just like superheroes and they're all in med school. One of them's from here and it's just really a beautiful thing to see. And the fact that I'm there to like 
build relationships with them so they can trust me to tell me when they don't feel safe okay. in school or the curriculum isn't safe or they need someone to advocate for them. Like that's really important to me mm -hmm. because if I don't build that trust with them, then they can't have those conversations. So it was really, really nice. And we got a, a good, a really good caterer from Gunawagi, the mess kitchen. Mm -hmm. And they were really, really good. They gave us little mini uh, tacos and like, mm. uh, like, uh, smoked salmon and like chicken skewers. It was really, really nice. Like cups of strawberry and raspberry drink. And yeah, they were hooked right up and they don't have time to visit with other indigenous students. They don't have, because they're doing their rounds, they're in their placements. So to be a indigenous doctor on campus is very lonely. So for them to be able to sit in one space together, we were able to provide that for them and it felt really good. It's like, this is why I do what I do. And, and we, we've been meeting with some really important, not like important, but really good people that can make change mm -hmm. at, at the school to support students. And I think it's not going to be just at the med school. I think it's going to really ripple out in like a cyclical, like in a good circle for us to build a community there for indigenous students. And, oh, good. And I'm really happy about it. So work is good. Good, good, yeah. good. I'm feeling empowered by what I do and I feel like I'm making change and I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be for sure and you no know, most of the time I would doubt but I'm like nope this is what we're doing this wow. is how I feel this That's is the policy awesome. yeah this is the policy this is the framework this is how it's going to move forward like this is how I want change to happen and I'm being heard and it's not like okay maybe we will they're like okay thank you Dr. Rourke and I'm like yeah. <laughs> that shit's real <laughs> but doesn't it make such a difference though when it's your passion it's so much different right like it, you're it just is. your drive and your force is like it's fun yeah it's a fun yeah. thing to do and it's also making an impact and i think with all of my work and and i had been like posting on social media about how I really take took a step back. And my cousin, Abby, he was picking on me. He's like, yeah, I was listening to your podcast. And you're like, yeah, I'm trying to calm down and do self-care, but I'm on four boards and I'm doing X, Y, Z. He's like, what the fuck, lady? And I was like, no, but I, I quit a bunch of boards. And I felt guilty about it. But at the same time, when, like we were talking the other day, like what do you sacrifice mm -hmm. when you say yes to something? And I did feel like I wanted to give back to all of those organizations but when it came down to it I wasn't giving the quality of work that I wanted to give out mm -hmm. to those spaces so I just I had to back away and say well where am I going to be the most needed so right now I'm working really closely with Ungwe and doing work with them on a regular basis mm -hmm. and which is cool because I've always been really close with all of uh, the Shenandoah women, and it's fun, you know. Like it's a it's a fun thing to do, and and I it keeps me in the loop of writing grants and like doing stuff on the ground, so mm -hmm. it's it's nice. And then um, and then everything at McGill, and then I'm asking people. I asked people. I took orders for my beadwork, so my next earrings some or, more cheesecake yeah maybe cheesecake but my next my next order is a female reproductive system oh <gasps> yeah omg sarah i'm excited i want one you might have to do vulvas and yes things as I well want vulvas and i want eggplants and i want yeah all the things sexual yeah. <laughs> all the sexual beadwork <laughs> You make it. That'll be I'll the name of it. my business. <laughs> sexual beadwork. 
not sexual healing. It's sexual beadwork. <laughs> oh, my oh goodness. God. That's freaking awesome. We could sell uh, baskets. Hell baskets yeah. with, with earrings that are themed. And with, lubes. Yep. Earrings and lube. <laughs> this is all you have to wear These tonight. These are necessities. <laughs> You'll always fit your earrings. That's <laughs> I have such an earring obsession. Like, I don't even know. I have, like, three full racks of earrings. And and my husband's always like, when did you buy that pair of earrings? I'm like, it's none of your business. (laughs) This is my joy. Don't take away my joy. (laughs) But what's nice, though, is that you can make your own, too. Like, those ones. You made those, right? No, no, I didn't. I didn't make. I don't even remember who made these. I'll have to figure it out. But, yeah, I I make some like these. super cute. Yeah. These are blueberry cheesecake. I love them. Yeah, but I have like big daggers and I have like skulls and I have I have all sorts of things and it's like they really match who I am mm-hmm. and they just show me all over the place. Like just people look at you and they're like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. And, and it feels good because I was in a boardroom with a bunch of women last week doing like strategic planning and like doing brainstorming and I look around and it's all these badass indigenous women they all have big ass earrings and two of them were breastfeeding their children and we're all sitting around talking about how we're going to make space better for McGill and I was like this is the circle I want to be in <laughs> I like, love this it. is where I've been this is where I've meant to be you right, know like right. I'm, I'm finding like a space that's like really it's really safe for indigenous women to just be themselves, yeah. but not only that, just for even men to like talk where they need to, you know, like and and really express their needs. So it's mm-hmm. it's good. That's it's awesome. Good. Yeah. Oh, give me chills. Yeah. <laughs> Nursing so cool. mamas with big earrings in a boardroom. Yeah, right. Right. Like doctorates. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be. I was like, I'm just nursing now. Yeah. She's big. Every time when I would go to any corporate events or anything like that, I always felt badass and I'd be sitting there with my pump, <laughs> just pumping while we're doing board work. And uh, same thing though, I'm like, oh, I miss it. <laughs> you get quiet while he takes pictures. I know. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> just lubing up my lips. <laughs> The magic happens. Oh, shit. <laughs> All the knowledge comes from here. I gotta keep them nice and protected. Keep them moisturized. Keep them keep moist. Them moist yes. Holy shit, that's funny. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You just touched on... Um... Oh, about like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... I, I've been thinking about this a lot and I don't know how to really approach it where it's, it's something that's not going to be triggering for people... And it's something that's going to Oh, hell, be, we're always going to trigger I know, somebody. we get trigger warning, everybody. But no, I've been thinking about it not only for, like, the... I have a lot of really close male friends like I, that I've had since, like, the beginning of living on the res and just being very close with my brothers. Like, they're, they're my brothers, they're my best friends. And I find that there's, there's a lot going on that there isn't a lot of support for. And mm-hmm. I know that there's men's groups. And I was talking to someone today and he's like, yeah, there's men's groups, but if you're not traditional and you go to that men, men's group, it's very uncomfortable and you're not going to go just jump in a sweat when you don't know. And maybe you were raised Catholic and like, there's all of these things that keep people from going to those resources. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I was just like, well, what do you need? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, nobody's ever asked me really, what exactly do I need? 
in a way where I'm going to answer. And I was like, you know, sometimes when I talk to other friends, they're like, I want to lead. I, I need someone to exactly like point it out. Like this is what needs to happen. Like another friend, I had to take a picture of the gym and the schedule of the gym. And then I showed the video of the gym and said, this is what the gym looks like right now. And he's like, oh, are you there right now? And I'm like, yeah. And then he showed up because he knew. He's like, oh, this is base. You're there. Let's go, you know? But it's kind of like, how do you do that for every man in community that needs it? And if they don't, what happens? Like, luckily, the one of the guys that I was talking to, he has the connections where he knows how to get help and therapy. But other men, they don't have that. And mm-hmm. they don't even know how to verbalize it because their dad didn't know how to verbalize mm-hmm. it. So I'm not an expert on men's health, and I'm not going to pretend that I am. But I have... A lot of care and love for the men in my life, all like brothers, uncles, cousins, dads, that there's this disconnect in community where there's an expectation to just suck it up and yeah. just be tough and don't cry or just go off and work iron and provide yep. or let's do X, Y, and Z and go push the wheelbarrow. Like there's this thing that I've been, I've been noticing. And I think I sent you that meme and I don't know what it is at this point, but I, I, it was a catalyst to this conversation Mm -hmm. where we see you men, we see that you need us. We see that you need that support. And we also see how if men don't get the support, then there's an imbalance in a home Mm -hmm. because there isn't that support. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a imbalance. It's a it's a dynamic that needs healing, right? And yes. a dialogue about it. So I mean, I touched on seven hundred different things in that one little synopsis of it. But I think, I think the bottom line is, we have a community that's in grief, and a lot of that grief is men. And as women, we rally around our men and lift them up when they need yes. us, right? That's exactly what I was gonna say too. Yeah. Yep. Because um. <sighs> they all came from a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is a lot of strength behind. And and like you said, I can't speak for the men. I, I don't know the inner workings of how, how their emotions play out and things like that. Like, I can't. But knowing where a man came from and um, knowing the connection that there always is and always will be to a female, there is power behind that. And when a woman heals herself and brings herself up, it not only builds her, but it builds everybody around her. So if she's in close vicinity of males, it's going to help to bring that up. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So when we have these um, moments where we're talking with the females, who's to say we, we can't bring in the guys? Right. Who's to say that? we? It has to just be a female conversation because there's strength in that. There's strength. It's a balance, right? Yeah. No matter what your, um, no matter what your uh, sexual orientation is, there's still always that balance there, right? And so it helps to give you that grounding. It helps to give you that connection. Um, I, I lost where I was going with that. <laughs> no, no, and no. It's a really good point because I think there's. I've spoken to women in community who want to like mentor or they want to share knowledge with men who are not their partners and they want to have platonic friendships and in community that's not always accepted. 
it's very much a wall of, well, I can't talk to you if you're just going to be my friend. Yep. When you should all be learning and sharing skills together in community. And that shouldn't be male and female. Healthy and relationships all around. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to, like, I talk to Josh every day and I, my husband does not have a problem with that because he trusts me. And because we build a relationship of community and and friendship and and what that looks like. And he's he's like, you've been friends with Josh since the beginning of time. How am I supposed to interfere with that? And as long as I know that you're not going to disrespect me in that friendship and that you're mm -hmm. both like learning from each other and doing all these things, like in so many words, like I feel like that's not a common thing in community mm -hmm. where like you can't talk to that woman. Why are you talking mm -hmm. to that woman or or vice versa, you can't have a friend that's a man because automatically it's going to be over-sexualized. But then that's where it comes back into play. Like, you need to heal yourself. Yeah. If you're healing yourself and you're working on yourself, you're not going to have those insecurities and lash out at your partner or your friends who are friends with other people or anything like that, right? Yeah. And it, it creates a healthy balance and it creates the the cycle of healthy relationships you know it's not just you and your partner that has to be in a healthy relationship it's you and your community it's you and your neighbor it's you and your friends down the road it's you and it's whoever you're coming in contact with it's it needs to be a healthy balance and a healthy relationship we're i'm not saying we all have to get along and everybody has to be best friends no, and it's all peaches and some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna get a freaking guitar but no no about it exactly and when you're working on yourself it just radiates it outwards does. it, it does. really does and and you start to like level up from that bullshit and you start to like okay i'm not even gonna give that petty behavior my attention or my energy because it's not true you're not going to if you're somebody's gonna you know throw that in your face like well why are you talking to them and you know what's going on between you two yeah. and you know all of that that crap that comes along with that you, you don't give that your your energy and your time because you yourself are confident that there's nothing going on I have nothing to prove just like we were saying earlier who are you trying to impress who are yeah. you trying to prove what are you trying to prove to somebody nothing yeah. because you've become to a level of healing so much so that. You just, you just want relationships with people. Yeah. And it's just healthy community, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and I keep thinking about, like, when someone takes the actionable steps to heal in a relationship and their partner is not healing, mm. how that's divisive. Or if they're both healing together and they say verbally or and in their action that they're going to move forward together in that healing and get it whatever way they can, whether it's therapy or medicine or or traditionally or whatever, mm -hmm. like whatever works for them. They might just go out and do shrooms together. Who knows what they're going to do to grow and heal, mm -hmm. but they're going to do that together so they know that they're leveling up together instead of one partner going one way and another partner going another way right. where it just doesn't work anymore. Then I think that's something where I... I see in my friends' relationships, like, either that's working and they're healing in parallel or they're not. And if one person's doing the work, then it's exhausting on the other partner, you know? And even if you're in just a single relationship, there's such a – or a single relationship with self, I feel like there's such um, a stigma or a pressure to fall into this um, – this stereotypical, what do we say? The fake book? Like the stereotypical <laughs> f 
fake book bullshit. This is who I want to put out to the world is who I am as this is me. I'm like Pocahontas. I'm like this indigenous lady. Say go. I'm Kumahawi. <laughs> like it's kind of like that, right? Like it's, it's fucking bullshit mm-hmm. because I don't fit into a colonized version. And I know I've said this 600 times on, on this podcast, but I think there's this like Disney fantasy about what relationships look like oh my historically, God. Yes. what community looked like historically. Yeah. I'm like, if we got rid of all the white people, then all of a sudden we'd all get along and we'd all go farm together and we'd all live in longhouses again. And, you know, like there's this like ideology of what an indigenous person looks like to the world. And yes, we want to maintain our culture and we want to maintain our identity, but we have to evolve at the mm-hmm. same time yep. and show our authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people like to hear about what we're doing and who we are because we're so real mm-hmm. about our flaws and our mistakes and our bumps in the road that everybody has. Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about. I mean, I went through that. I wanted to be fake book all the way and I didn't want nobody to see my dirty laundry and and all of that stuff. So it, but for me it was like I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want my walls to come down and I didn't want people to see what was really happening on the inside. And what was really happening on the inside was a failed marriage and uh, very upset children. And, you know, like it wasn't good, but we kept up this facade like everything was all peaches and cream. And then all of a sudden... Got your buckskin on. (laughs) (laughs) Yago. It was so sacred. So sacred. Meanwhile, I'm like, okay, you need to leave. I don't want you in this house anymore. <laughs> but wait, you guys got married in a long house. I don't give a fuck. You need to leave. I can't stand looking at you. You know, and, and we had to be completely and truly open with our own truths. And just if, it, if, if I was afraid to say something to him that I was afraid was going to hurt him, I had to say it and vice versa. Like he had to say the things. He had to speak his truths even if it was going to hurt me. Mm. But when that happened, when those, when we were able to finally really put things on the table and bring a real raw perspective to the marriage, it, it just leveled up. Like it was like, okay, now I'm seeing you for who you really are. And the connection got so much stronger and so much deeper. And it was like, Holy shit, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad to just be real. Well, nobody gives you a handbook when you get married or when you get in a committed relationship. No, but they sure as hell give you expectations. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking right. Fuck. No, that's the thing. Is like nobody tells you how hard it is to be married and how much you have to grow and compromise and do all of those things to be um, with each other. And And I think when it comes down to it, it's really about... Like, finding that within each other and being comfortable to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you passing notes? Nothing. <laughs> <Bitching>. No. <laughs> no, yeah. And, and so, like, after that, it was a shock to not only our, each other and ourselves, but community, too. Like, what is happening? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You guys look like you had it all together. And we are like, ha-ha! psych (laughs) fooled ya um and so yeah so now it's more of like okay I don't have I don't give a shit like whatever 
Like, I'll own my addictive behaviors and my substance abuses and my alcohol abuse and all of those things. Like, I'll own those and and make jokes about them now and and um, I'll own my promiscuity and, and, and I'm proud of it. You know what I mean? Because it makes me who I am. And now that I've come to the level of honoring who I truly am, he looks at me in a whole nother light. Like, he looks at me with so much more respect because... Because I'm not trying to fit in a box and be something that I never ever could even pretend to be. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think of when Adua and I first moved in together. We had been together like six months. And then we moved into a little tiny upstairs apartment in Roosevelt Town. And I was freaking Susie homemaker like dinner every night house was spotless did the laundry sent the lunch to work <laughs> nah, nah, nah. like I was like and I put so much pressure on myself yep. because I hadn't lived with a person in a very long time and I was so enamored with him that I wanted it to work so badly that it ended up just these expectations that we put on each other in that first year like they blew up and it was like we took a break for like four days and we were like, what are we doing? Who are we? And and like there's all these good things. But really, like, who are we and, and how am why am I doing that to myself and what am I projecting outward in my relationship because I need to do work mm-hmm. instead of like living in my reality of who I am, you know, and, and just being this, like, picturesque housewife. And I was right. like, ew. <laughs> now that I think of it, I'm like, what the fuck is I Right, doing? right, you know, right, like, right. Ah, like, that's not who I am. And and I think now, I mean, the honesty and the this is who I am, this is me standing in my power and, and being a resilient woman who's gone through all of these things throughout my history where I could have been dead or I could have been in prison or I could have I could have um I could have done so many things. And for me to sit here today and say like I've I've grown and I've healed and I'm still growing and healing every day from it and every step of that way I've been accepted in my relationship for that in every single change. Like that's a big deal and you need to find a partner who can do that. Mm-hmm. And and then see it and then move with you, you yeah. know. So yep. so um I mean, we see how that goes every day. You know? But you know, another thing too, like um, when you're talking about like like being with your partner and healing together and moving forward together, um, sometimes we can't find those things in our partner. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't want to be with our partner, but maybe like I would find certain characteristics or connections with another male partner not partner, but like a male person, a male friend, and I can have that communication with him. You see what I'm saying? Where, oh, yeah. where, like, we just connect on a different level. But that doesn't mean that there's anything happening there. It's just something that maybe my partner can't fulfill and that it's totally fine to have those communications because that's what shows a healthy relationship. Just like you said earlier with the yeah. trust and the open communication. If I can't have this conversation with my partner because he's just not at that level or he's never had those experiences, I know somebody else that I can have those conversations with and it's going to be... Um, real and open and raw and I can come back to my partner and be like yeah listen like this was the conversation I had and whatever and it's totally fine because there was no boundaries crossed right Right. there's obviously the trust and the communication and whatever but to be able to find 
certain characteristics or certain qualities in other people outside of your relationship with your partner should be allowed. Yeah. Should be normalized. Yeah. It shouldn't be something so where closed you turn off. into like a toxic relationship. Right. Because just because my partner is my best friend doesn't yeah. mean he can fulfill every single piece, right? Like I need to be able to have conversations with other people, just like our girlfriends. If yeah. we want to go and have conversations like you and I converse all the time and have these deep conversations and whatever, sometimes there's things that I don't want to open up or he doesn't understand or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I can converse with a girlfriend or I can g- converse with a guy friend. You know what I mean? And it's, it goes the same way with him too as well. Cause I know he has a lot of friends that he has, um, some really good, really deep conversations with that I just can't fulfill on on certain levels, and that's totally fine. And you, it takes a burden off of me too. <laughs> and you know, it takes a level of maturity to recognize when you can allow, not allow, but that you you have that relationship in a space where you, you can keep. Not, I don't want to say allow, but that your partner can have joy and find joy in relationship building, in community, and there aren't those restrictions Mm -hmm. in a platonic way where you know you can trust and and move forward. And I don't think I knew about that when I was younger Mm -hmm. in relationships and, like, because I was so fucking insecure with myself that it was, like, as soon as you talk to another woman, I'm going to think, what's wrong with me? Why do do I look not the right way? Is there something that I'm lacking? And, And what is that? What does that mean? And so I think that's um, that's something that we all grow into mm-hmm. and or some people don't, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that's that's part of it. But I wanted to ask you, what do you do when your partner goes into dark spaces? Oh, it's heavy. It's so hard and it's so heavy because it does happen a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, even right now, he's doing it right now and he's talking about... He's talking about um, the burden and the heaviness of continuing to do these funerals back to back to back to back and to be surrounded by so much death all the time. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to not get pulled into it, right? Yeah. And so since the beginning of our relationship, I've seen him working for the community working for the nation and at such a young age it was such a it was such a heavy it was heavy and it took him to the dark places a lot a lot a lot and I had no choice but to pull up my big girl pants and be the light to be the the escape from reality to be the safe place at home we leave that stuff at the door let's clean you off let's bring you inside let's be a family let's like just normalize what we have in our little house and you know keep this safe space where you can be yourself where where you can be vulnerable where you can cry and feel all of this heaviness and this burden and all of these things that you're carrying all the time I have to step into that role as the backbone to help him. And I think it's important not to cut you off that it doesn't have to be a wife. It could be an auntie. It can be a mother. It can be a sister. It can be anyone in the family, a a, a brother Mm -hmm. of someone who's dark, that you can provide that space. Of course. Of course. And it's almost like you give them that space and that that openness you open the door to say this is okay 
but and you don't have to hold it in because um we talked about it the other time is like if you keep holding things in that's when you get sick you know like my husband he uh, when I would when I was in community a lot and I was helping with funerals for the other side of the house and I would cook and I would do that kind of thing or when I, we lost a lot of people over and over again the simple act of just combing my hair when I got out of the shower so I could just let that go yeah that's that was one thing that really got me through like a lot of heavy deaths in mm-hmm. my family and I know I know I don't I don't know, like, how many people are prepared to talk about, like, the level of grief in our community right now and, like, the increase of suicide rates in with men in our community, but to recognize that they need to be seen and we need to hold them. Mm-hmm. Whether it be metaphorically or physically, they need to be held and to know that they don't have to work as hard as society asks them to. Please. That, that they can cry like a baby Mm -hmm. and just let it all fucking go Mm -hmm. you know and I think I think that's one of the hardest things for any men because they're not seeing their dads cry they never saw their grandfathers cry that's not an acceptable behavior in our community Mm -hmm. and it's we're, we're working on it I'm not saying everybody and I'm not saying that it's all of our people but because of everything that we've all been through collectively that it's not easy so for each of us to say it's okay it's such a hard thing to break um, that whole mentality of crying is equals weakness, you know? Like, I even carried that for a long time. But even I, I don't cry, angry. I don't cry, I don't cry, I don't cry. Healthy anger. Yeah. Like, you need to go outside and build a fire and cut some shit up. Mm-hmm. Go, mm-hmm. do that, get out the aggression. Because mm-hmm. they say historically men would hunt, they would kill things, they would fish, mm-hmm. they would... they would golf. Get the energy out, right? Yeah, go golf. I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they would do those things and they would get their fire to grow, right? I don't know about you, Sarah, but when I get angry, I clean. Yes. And isn't that not healthy anger? (laughs) Yeah, it's healthy anger. Yeah. So when you come to my house and it's like really super Uh, clean, you know I just had a BF. Yeah. Exactly. My husband's like, oh, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what happened today? Yeah. yeah. This place is fucking spotless. I'm like, oh, do we want to talk about my morning? Like, it's, yeah. So I think it's, um, there's a lot of, they just keep talking about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I personally want to see that for the men because I have three of them. Mm-hmm. I'm raising three of them. And, as a mom to boys, I don't want to see them in those positions. I don't want to see them carrying heavy. I don't want to see them, you know, expectations through the roof. And I, I don't want to see that kind of stuff. No. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have a nephew who's becoming a man. <laughs> he's 12 and he has, he's amazing. But it and doesn't matter what the age is. You got to start it right away. Yeah. You got to start that training and that conditioning and that, you know, like they're always like, oh, stop babying him. Stop coddling him. Stop. Why? I want him to see healthy love. Yeah. I want him to know that I'm a safe space and I'm a caring person. And no matter what's going on out there, no matter you how can come you back. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And so many people have said, oh, you're just babying them. You're just doing everything for them and whatever. And I'm just like, you can call it whatever you want. But my kids know how safe they can be at home. 
and how they can unload and they can, you know, say the things that they need to let go. They can cry. They can show their emotions here and it's totally fine. And I hope that they all find partners that have that same connection with their mother and fathers later on. You know what I mean? But if they don't, they'll have you and you can teach them Mm -hmm. what they didn't pick up Mm -hmm. at home. You'll make those connections Mm -hmm. for sure. It's a hard job. Someone's going to do it, damn it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I'm seeing men that I love struggle. And I always want to make sure that they know and men in our community that walk around with very strong faces and they're doing the work and they're trying so hard for their families or they're not because they can't like that there there are ways to get help and there are ways to get support and that we as a community could find that empathy and 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 they deserve it learn they deserve it to have that love and that and that support yeah you know like we're all about women's dance and we're all about being there for the women all over but we can't ever exclude the men because we have men in our lives that we love and we don't want to um ever have them feel excluded yeah yeah exactly and i don't um I don't exclude those who are non-binary in this conversation exactly. at all because no, it's no. partners, right? And it's, we it's should a balance just say of partners. Humans. Humans. We all, love yeah. humans. We love all the humans yeah. and, and we want the kind them ones. <laughs> to be safe and, <laughs> and we want you to wake up tomorrow and, and do the damn thing again and know you're not a burden. Yes. Yep. And that you're not a drain on anybody and that you're surrounded by love and if you have to go out and find it, that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. But find it in a healthy way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of men out there that are really sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to like... I mean, we get deep. So I do mean to. <laughs> I'm not going to try and apologize for it because I'm doing the damn thing. So No, it needs, yeah. it's things that needs to be brought up. Yeah. And for anybody that needs to hear the words, then, you know, like that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. We're in support of all the men's stuff. Yeah. You know, like they need a healthy outlet too. And my husband's even said it before, too. He's like, okay, so I'm a guy. What do I do? What is there for me? There's women's circles. There's women things. There's women this. There's women that. What do I got? I'm going to go sit at the bar. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah, please don't do that. (laughs) You know, like, but he's right. Like, what is there? Mm -hmm. You know, so. Anyways, that was some really good conversation. Hell yeah, it was. My heart feels good. Mine does, too. (laughs) (laughs) Eggplants and peaches unite. (laughs) Sexual beadwork. (laughs) One bead at a time. So, are we wrapping her up? Yeah. Wrap it up, keep it safe. (laughs) (laughs) Or track your schedule. (laughs) Please keep yourself safe. Well, this is the pleasure, Dula, signing off. This is Dr. Rourke. We love you. We love you.